I want God to be a loving God. I want him to be loving. How come he's not loving? You know something? He doesn't owe you anything. He is God. He is sovereign. He is mighty. And we're not. Hey guys, I'm a grateful gospel-centered disciple of Jesus Christ who struggles yet perseveres, and my name is Dave. I hope and pray that you're doing well. Today we are continuing a message called New Year, Same Mission, originally broadcasted live on Facebook on January 4th, 2021. Let's return to the original broadcast already in progress. You're probably struggling with what, what's going on with this world. You're probably struggling with the fact that you're not able to meet with the people who you love. You're probably struggling with your identity. Or you may be struggling with the loss of a loved one. Last Monday was definitely no exception for me and my friends and my family and my parents' church family as well. When I was in high school, during my time at CV First, I, after leaving the Rock for a bit, my parents got me connected with the high school ministry at their church, Valley Bible Church, our Pleasanton recommendation for GCAM Network. And I had a lot of high school leaders there who were very supportive of me, even when... Um, even when not everyone understood what I was going through. One of them was Sarah Burns, who later married my friend Charlie Mang and became Sarah Mang. She had an incredible story where, where she, with, with her health condition and what happened with her legs, she could only grow a certain height and her health was really negatively affected as a result. Um, she has two beautiful children, and she was loved by Charlie so much. Of course, every time she had a pregnancy, um, she'd have to go to the hospital. Well, last Monday, I received some very painful news that Sarah went home to be with the Lord last Monday. And uh, I was at a loss for words. This was someone who struggled yet persevered. And I contacted Valley Bible Church and extended my deepest condolences to the staff and to Charlie and his children on Sarah's passing. Guys, losing a loved one is really painful. And a lot of us ask questions like, why? Or how could this happen? You know, it's okay to not be okay. And I want to encourage you guys with this. Be honest with God. Be honest with Him. Now, you, don't, you want to be careful not to shake your fist at Him, because but of course, you might be tempted to do so, and it, it'll be understandable. But I really encourage you after that to, to repent. 
and to ask God to forgive you. I've had to do that several times. I've shaken my fist at God several times in my own life. And then afterwards, I'd have to repent because my anger was unjustified. It's pretty clear we can't do this on our own. I'm very fortunate to have a church family that has been walking with me when it comes to my depression. And I know that Charlie and his kids are very grateful to have a church family walking with him right now in the loss of his wife. And now I'd like to give some concluding thoughts. I've shared two already, but I think it's important that we um, summarize the first two. The first is this, God's love is different than the world's view of love. That's pretty self-explanatory. You can cry and moan and shake your fist and throw a temper tantrum as much as you want, but God's love is different than the world's view of love. I was listening to a message from R.C. Sproul earlier um, on God's sovereignty. Uh, one of the things that people will do is shake their fists and say, well, God, I want God to be a loving God. I want him to be loving. How come he's not loving? You know something? He doesn't owe you anything. He is God. He is sovereign. He is mighty. And we're not. If there's anything we deserve, we deserve hell. We deserve to burn because of our sinfulness. But yet, God provides a way out. He gives us the gift of grace, the gift of mercy. We are not entitled to grace or mercy and we don't earn it. He chooses to give it to us, and he'll choose whoever he wants. He's God. We're not. Some of you are like, that's not fair. To us, it may not be fair, but God is fair. He knows what's best. I don't understand it either, but I know that he knows what's best. Secondly, as I mentioned earlier, it's okay to be honest with him. It's very important to be honest with him. Even if you tried to be dishonest with him, he, he already knows your heart. And as I mentioned earlier, it's okay to be, not be okay, but, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. We have to be honest with the people who were around. And surrounding ourselves with believers who are walking with us in this journey will really help us. And God will provide those people in our lives. He has provided the people in my own life. And I'm so grateful. I am so grateful that he did. Certain people from VCC, certain people from Three Crosses, certain people from Valley Bible Church, certain people from CV First, where I returned, and, and so many other churches. Ultimately, what matters is this. Let God do his job. Let him bring the people into your life that you need. All right, next up. For those of you who have not been able to, who haven't done so yet, um, it's going to be hard to do it, especially with this pandemic. But I do want to challenge you guys with this. Whether online or in person when this pandemic is over, 
find a healthy church. Now, when I talk about a healthy church, I'm not talking about a big church. There's a huge distinction between a big church and a healthy church. If you're talking about churches that are big and seeker sensitive and say, we want to make it more understandable to you and make it less offensive to you, that is not a healthy church. Just because it's big doesn't mean it's healthy. If you're being taught stuff to make it sound good to you, that's a red flag. You have to be challenged. You have to hear the hard truth, whether you like it or not. I'll tell you, that's something that I had to wrestle with too. But healthy churches are very, very important. That's why I recommend healthy churches on my network. And when a church starts to go unhealthy, I, I reserve the right to take them off the network. I do. Because I care about the people who I minister to. And if I find out that a church is unhealthy and I recommend a church that's unhealthy to them, I can be held accountable for that. I don't want to risk that. I care too much for you guys. Just as John Wodetsky cares about me, just as my parents, mom and dad, care about me, just as my CR leaders and my young adults leader and all of the leaders past and present care about me and how ultimately God cares for me. It's important to connect with friends in that local church, whether online or in person, preferably like-minded believers who will hold you accountable. Now, there is a common argument that people have when it comes to this idea of being surrounding yourself of surrounding yourself with like-minded believers. The common argument I got was this. Well, you need to be careful about that, Dave, because you're going to have a hard time reaching out to people who don't know who Christ is, and you're going to have a hard time being in unity with other believers who don't agree with you. My initial response to that is this. The unity that we want may not be the unity that Christ is looking for. True, authentic, healthy unity comes from a mutual understanding of God's Word and a healthy understanding of God's Word. If we're going to just get together and be unified without the Bible as the foundation, and allow people to just say, oh, I just feel like God's telling me to tell you guys this. Stop. If it's not in Scripture, we are to correct it. Such teaching outside of Scripture is anathema. So in order to have true unity, there needs to be a proper understanding of the Word. And the Word has to be the foundation. If it's not the foundation... The unity that we seek is not the unity that God is looking for. And ever since I left and surrounded myself with believers who were like-minded, it has really helped me significantly. And I'll even go as far as to say this. Um, being with like-minded believers is also good for your mental health. When you surround yourself with believers who are like-minded, you're going to get 
a message most of the time a message will be the same and it's true to the text and I'll tell you it has helped me so much but when you are not surrounding yourself with like-minded believers who are not discipling you properly and they give you mixed messages that's not good for your mental health that is certainly not good for my mental health I used to teach before I got the help that I needed through Celebrate Recovery about the importance of, of unity in the church. What I didn't realize at that time was that the unity that I was looking for was not the unity of the Bible. True unity comes from a proper understanding of God's word. And when God's word is in the center of it, that's when true unity will come. When like-minded believers come together to disciple one another and challenge one another and encourage one another, but not fix each other because God is the one who fixes. But yet he walks with us. And let me tell you, I've been more receptive to like-minded believers because I know and trust that they know what's best for me. And they have been continually rooting themselves in the word. That is so important. That is so important. So like-minded believers are very, very important. Don't forsake like-minded believers. Finally, Eid Ray, your Bible Bay. Read your Bible. There is absolutely no way you're going to survive spiritually without reading your Bible, without studying your Bible. Just talking about the Sunday message on Sunday, is in a group is nice and all, and it may be helpful, but it's not a substitute for Bible study. If you want to really dive into the Word, join a Bible study group. Take some time to study the Bible. And if you're having trouble trying to find quiet time, Bible study groups are very helpful. Yes, it may be another commitment, but would you rather suffer in your spiritual growth and let it stunt? Or would you rather be obedient to the calling that God gives you to challenge yourself and grow by joining a Bible study group? It took me a while to really, really recognize that, especially when it came to my own walk with the Lord. And I wouldn't have it any other way. So guys, let's keep that in mind. Let's let the Bible be the foundation of our lives. Let it be... Let it be our source of comfort. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Join me in prayer, will you please? Father, help us. Help us to persevere and to look towards you in the midst of all suffering. Help us to rejoice, as the song from Modern Post would always sing. To rejoice in the midst of suffering. That you will help us sing. Rejoice. To lift our hands and raise our voices. Because you are worthy of all praise. Let us sing the mercies of you, God. 
and rejoice with trembling as well. Lord, may we continue to keep that in mind, especially this year, as we continue to persevere in the midst of this storm. Help us to be patient, and please protect us from any type of acts that do not glorify you. And protect us from selfishness, too. Help us to think about others before ourselves. There are others who are really struggling right now, Lord. And they, and they need your encouragement. And they need your hope more than ever. And I ask that you would just comfort all of us and encourage one another, even in this difficult season that we're in. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's an added resource for you guys. Tim Barley and Gary Darnell from Valley Bible Church in Pleasanton, California, preached a special message entitled Grief and the Gospel. I will provide a link to that message in the info section of this podcast. Thanks for listening. You can contact me at my website, chewmadenew.com, or you can call me at 510-516-CHEW. That's 510-516-2439. Or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, peace out and God bless. Cinco's!